For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right. Welcome to the number one Bengals podcast. Number one. I'm your host, Daddy McDook. As always, I'm joined yeah. by Dr. Hoji, Dr. Kismoji, and John Sheeran. And we have a very, very special guest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I am talking about Tyler Dragon, That's who right. is the beat reporter for the Cincinnati Bengals, for the Cincinnati Inquirer. And for those of you who are younger, the Inquirer used to be where all of us got our Bengals news. It's a very prestigious and it's a very honorable position that he has because of the kind of talent that he has. And he knows everything that the Bengals are going to do. He knows who they're going to draft. Right. <laughs> he knows He knows what Mike Brown is thinking about having for lunch, what coupons right. he's going to use. He yeah. knows all of it. He knows everything about the team. Yeah. So, Tyler, so, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, that, that's a great introduction. I, you're talking about I know everything about the team, Mike everything. Brown, and the entire organization, the city of Cincinnati. So tough shoes to feel after you just told me, uh, said all that about me. So, But I'm looking forward to this podcast. Thanks for having me on. It's not every day I talk to two puppets. Um, so <laughs> it's uh, good to how be often, on the podcast. Yeah, how often is it that you talk to puppets, Tyler? Is it like every um, other day or – yeah? Maybe when I was a little kid. <laughs> okay, we're gonna, well, that's the thing, Tyler. We are we are Not going as to an adult. Or Tyler, this is no, I, I can tell you this. I love going to Disney World, so I might talk to Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. Oh yeah, um, and, yeah. you know th- those puppets every now and then when I go to Disney World, on occasion. Look, look yeah. Tyler. This is a, this is our mission today: is to bring you back into your childhood state of oh, sheer yeah. of sheer honesty and get you to. Open up to us about the Cincinnati Bengals. So if I could maybe go up, go with the first question, Dadio, which is, I, if I understood correctly, you previously covered the Dallas Cowboys. I did. I covered yeah. the Dallas Cowboys for about one and a half years. They call them America's team. I don't know if I give them that title because they haven't won a Super Bowl since the 90s. So usually when you're America's team, you have a tradition of winning. And the Cowboys haven't won since I was in elementary school. So, But I did cover the team. (laughs) You did, did. yeah. And, 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 And my question is, having covered that team and having covered this team, organizationally in terms of the organization the structure because Bengals fans are always going down on always like we're always down on all oh, Bengals this Bengals that organizationally what differences have you noticed what's the sense the differences between these two teams that you as a reporter have noticed oh wow that's a good question well being in Dallas and covering that team that's a major market and Dallas is the richest and most profitable sports franchise, not only in the United States, but the world. And you can feel it 
when you're in their practice facility, when you're at AT&T Stadium, that's one of the nicest stadiums I've ever been to. Their practice facility is world-class. It looks like a college campus. I'm not trying to compare that to the where the Bengals play, play in practice. No, no. It's well, I don't even know what a practice facility is, to be honest with you. Yeah, like this is a foreign concept to me. Yeah, so, you know, it, you can definitely sense and feel when you cover the Dallas Cowboys, even, you know, the media market. There are a plethora of reporters in um, their locker room during uh, after practice, during media availability, and, you know, after the games, as opposed to Cincinnati. They, there's, you know quite a few uh, of us media uh, reporters in the locker room and at practice, but it's nothing compared to the Dallas Cowboys. And so when I talk about, and they call themselves America's team, it's really, yes, they do have a tradition of winning back in the past, but still there are a lot of eyeballs on the Dallas Cowboys, even when they're not winning. And you can just feel it every day you are uh, down there at the Star, which is their practice facility, or at AT&T Stadium, which uh, they play football. It's a, you know, they have state-of-the-art facilities, and their owner puts his money where his mouth is. It hasn't re- translated to winning, but it is a lot different um, in Cincinnati. But, I mean, the Bengals and the Cowboys, they both haven't won <laughs> in a while. The difference is... You know, there's that's true. Yeah, uh, the Cowboys do have a richer past history than the Bengals. Yeah, right? well, what is it like as a reporter when you talk about the differences? Like, for instance, I imagine in Dallas, when it gets hot, they turn on the air conditioner in the media room and, and they have like, you know, seats for you. And, and in Cincinnati, is it like the fold up seats? And yeah. it's probably pretty hot in there, right? I mean, because there's so many, there's so many corners you have to cut when you're on a limited budget. I, I can say the Bengals media relations team, they do treat us reporters right. Uh, they're a classy organization and we do get, you know, things that we ask for. So the media room is not hot. Uh, we have our own coffee machine. <laughs> I have my own desk with uh, my name on it and all the other reporters do as well. So, I, you know, it's not the media room isn't as big as per se the Atlanta Falcons when I covered them or the Dallas Cowboys. However, it is, you know, still functioning. Very nice uh, media room. It's a little bit smaller. I will say that things in Cincinnati and covering the Bengals, it's just smaller than they are in Dallas. And that's basically because of the media market. You can expect that anywhere uh, as a reporter, no matter where you cover. If I was a television news reporter working in Boondock, uh, West Virginia, as opposed to Los Angeles, I can expect (laughs) the media room to be way bigger, way more bright lights than middle of nowhere boondocks west virginia yeah so but but the but, football team in boondock west virginia actually does have an indoor practice facility but that's that's a whole other topic yeah yeah i would say things in cincinnati are, are smaller they're cheesier and they have chili on top that's, that's really <laughs> i i can't get on the chili the chili is not my preference i like good, oh good for you way. good for you stay um, away from meat stay away from all that stuff i do too amen <laughs> That chili, I feel like the chili in Cincinnati is a sauce, 
and it's not. It is. It's it's not a chili. You're you're you, you lived in yet. Texas. You know the differences between the Cincinnati yeah. chili and the actual yeah. chili, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Tyler, we've never I've never seen John get that worked up for, but you don't want to talk about his chili. John is half chili. I mean, you look at that. <laughs> yeah. All he is is chili. Yeah. Yeah, nursed on chili. All the Cincinnati children were. Yep. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Tyler, you talk about you talk about how it's a smaller market, but we've noticed some change. We've noticed some change in the past couple of years. And that's actually one of the questions that we had from Reddit from Ramble on JR3Z, which is do you attribute this, this change in the spending to the coaching staff or to the kind of movement in the front office? Like who's in charge? What is going on? Is, you know, we always ask this, but is Mike Brown, is he, is he aware of how they're spending his money and how much money? What, what, what sense do you get the past couple of years in terms of that? I think it's a combination of both. And uh, I have to mention Elizabeth Blackburn, too, who is Katie Blackburn and Troy Blackburn's uh, daughter. And, you know, the transition in the franchise, having Joe Burrow, a lot of young, fresh faces, T. Higgins. Uh, I know Joe Mixon's been there for a few years, but he's still in that young category, Tyler Boyd. So they're, you know, turning in a new era of the franchise and they want to grow a winner. And that's uh, the face of the franchise. Obviously, everybody knows it's going to be Joe Burrow, but they feel as though that with Joe Burrow behind him and then, you know, a, a new, fresh, innovative person like Elizabeth in the front office who has a pretty sizable voice that they can move forward and try to create a winner and change the culture around the Cincinnati Bengals. And the biggest faces uh, in that transition are, I would say, in the front office wise, Elizabeth Blackburn in uh, the ear of Mike Brown and Troy Blackburn. And then also on the field, you have to win on the field. And when you have a quarterback like Joe Burrow, a young quarterback, you have T. Higgins, an up-and-coming receiver, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd. You know, those are foundation pieces that you can build around. And I, I have to mention Zach Taylor, too. Zach, a lot of, you know, there are some veterans that maybe might not like his style, and those veterans aren't in Cincinnati anymore. But for the most part, when I talk to players around the locker room, they really like Zach Taylor. They like his coaching style. They say he's a player's coach and, you know, he listens and takes advice and doesn't think he knows it all. So um, I do think the Bengals, they're an up and coming uh, football team. They're, the problem is they're in a very tough division and the Baltimore Ravens aren't going anywhere and neither are the Cleveland Browns. So that that's something that the Bengals have to compete with. And the Steelers, you know, their window is closing rapidly with, uh, especially with Ben Roethlisberger. But, you know, the Bengals, they're a team that is up and coming and, you know, they won't say it, but they're still in rebuild mode and they're in the beginning stages of rebuild mode. But the future seems bright. And I, I can yeah. say that with confidence for the Bengals. Well, yeah. okay. So, it's very interesting. But, you know, you say how they like Zach Taylor. He's a player's coach. Well, we mm -hmm. have these reports, you know, from Sports Illustrated, right? At least Jesse. And, and, and where we hear about the kind of frustration some of the vets had. Mm -hmm. And the one vet who stood up for Zach Taylor was Giovanni Bernard, who was then asked to take a pay cut and eventually cut. Mm -hmm. So, right. yeah. So, I guess the question is, what is the dynamic with the vets? Is it kind of like... 
the sense of loyalty you had under Marvin Lewis was a big reason that you had teams, that you had teams that there is good chemistry, you know, yeah. and they went to all those playoff games this, despite not spending in free agency like Zach Taylor is. So what what is it like, that dynamic with the veterans? Is it more like players like him because they're afraid of kind of losing their jobs? Well, let me say this. Loyalty in sports only goes so far. Tom Brady won six Super Bowls and Bill Belichick still wanted him out of New England. In, in the NBA, LeBron James was the face of Cleveland and Dan Gilbert still wrote him a hate message after he, he left. So there, loyalty in sports only goes so far. Now, as far as Giovanni Bernard, they have Joe Mixon in the backfield. And when you have a player like Joe Mixon where you want to get him a lot of carries, Giovanni Bernard, he's going to get phased out of the offense. And, you know, he was just a veteran that the Bengals knew that he was getting paid a lot of money. And they looked at the salary cap, how much money they have overall. And in the future, they're like, okay, we still have Jesse Bates that we want to resign. We still have Sam Hubbard that we want to resign. We're paying uh, Trey Hendrickson a lot of money. We're paying Trey Wayne. We're paying DJ Reader a lot of money. So when you look at all these players that the Bengals are paying, not to mention they're thinking futuristically, Joe Burrow is going to command a lot of money too in the next couple of years. And you want to go to resign him as well. So when you think about that and you look at Giovanni Bernard, you're thinking, okay, this year, 2021, we already have Joe Mixon. We're probably going to get him 20 touches a game. You're going to have 60, maybe 70 snaps on offense. Maybe that's on the high side, 70, probably about 60. So you're getting Joe Mixon 20 touches a game already. So that's maybe 40 other snaps and 40 other throws or whatnot. Joe Burrow is going to throw to the receivers, and you're probably going to draft a wide receiver. So where does Giovanni Bernard fit in that equation? Three, four, five touches a game, and you're paying him X amount of money. So when they looked at you know their overall roster, they looked at their you know scheme and see how they want to play in 2021 and beyond. And you look at a player like Giovanni Bernard, who is still young, youngish, on the youngish side of 30, but about to turn 30. And you look at him overall and you say, okay, well, are we going to pay him this amount of money and still expect him to have five carries or five, five overall touches a game? And they looked at it and said, you know what? It's probably best for him to take a pay cut. And being a veteran like Giovanni Bernard is and it, a stable in the backfield in Cincinnati. He didn't want to take a pay cut. It rightfully so. I wouldn't want to take a pay cut. You guys probably wouldn't want to take a pay cut either. So no, yeah, some of us are forced to take a pay cut because of the, yeah. the, the boss puppet. Yeah. Well, okay. well, speaking of speaking of financial tough financial decisions, you know, have you ever wanted to buy shoes? No, 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 Daddy, please, please. Yeah. If I may, if ever I may. wanted to buy what? Christ. No, no, no shoes yeah. today. Listen, have you have you had problems uh, sleeping? Uh, even though you use a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, do you find it hard to focus? Are you short on energy, mojo? Are your chakras just out of whack? Look, I, I was like you, but then I started using uh, Just Live, a high quality CBD line of gummies designed by professional athletes like me and Dadio. 
I'm talking about your Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, and Paul Rodriguez. They are vegan. They are low sugar, which means you don't have to take them annually the way I've been taking vitamins for years. They have six different modalities or flavors. I'm talking about sleep, energy, focus, immunity, calm, and vitamin C. Do not, I repeat, do not take them all at the same time as I did unless you want to meet yourself from a previous life. Here's the deal though. Right now, you get a free set of gummies if you buy just one set. Use the code SUPPORT at JustLive.com. This is an exclusive deal for fans of our show. You buy one, you get the other one free at JustLive.com using the code SUPPORT yourself from your future life will thank you okay well Not as long as we're making money yeah thank you i'm fine with that yeah so john we i know you want to talk about the draft with tyler and it seems like with the recent news that is coming out it looks like jamar chase is going to be the pick it looks like yeah it looks like taylor wants him zach taylor and joe wants him based on the rumors and uh, frank pollock is confident he can build a good offensive line without getting panini Sivel. so tyler uh, tell us you know just make it official so that we don't have to wait till the draft yeah you know unfortunately i can't make it official but from what i'm hearing within the organization and even members around the organization is they are targeting Jamar Chase, uh, the LSU wide receiver, Joe Burrow's former teammate. You know, they like his ability on the outside and the Bengals have a need at wide receiver with the departure of A.J. Green, who is now with the Arizona Cardinals. Zach Taylor likes to play 11 personnel. That is three wide receivers, one running back and uh, tight end in the formation. And so with that third wide receiver, you have a hole right there on the outside. It could be Auden Tate and as well as T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, but Auden Tate, he has an injury history, probably better off as a number four or a number five guy. Uh, I know he probably wouldn't like me saying that, but that's probably what it is. So I firmly believe that the Bengals, they have really like Auden Tate, but they want to upgrade that wide receiver spot. And, you know, when you look at a receiver like Jamar Chase, he's arguably the best wide receiver in the draft. And they when they looked at Joe Burrow last year studying uh, the 2020 draft, when they were watching film on him, they watched every single snap of Joe Burrow. And a lot of those plays and they, that they saw of him, they were going there were passes going to Jamar Chase. So they were also <laughs> watching film on the Bolitnikov winner in college football in that um, season. So they're very familiar with Jamar Chase. And Joe Burrow's quietly in, endorsed – he won't admit it, but he's quietly, you know, in, in favor of a Jamar Chase pick. Now, with that, all that being said, if – I said it plenty of times. If the Bengals had me as their GM, I would not – draft a wide receiver, I would bolster that offensive line. The Bengals have not had a good offensive line for the last few seasons. Right. And the play that Joe Burrow suffered a season-ending injury, the offensive line pretty much failed him. The pocket collapsed on him. And that's why he, he's out <laughs> still right now recovering from a torn ACL and other ligaments. So I would bolster the offensive line if the decision were up to me and I would draft Oregon tackle Panay Sewell, but it does not look like they're going to go that route. 
Yeah, so I mean, you're one of the first people to really be on that report that the Bengals were locked in on Sewell. And that's kind of what we all kind of ran with in the beginning parts of the offseason. And you have to think that there's still definite interest in Sewell as just as a prospect. Do you think that there's, even if the signs are pointing more towards Jamar Chase, do you think that there's still definite interest in Sewell in some parts of the organization? And now that it seems that they're going to be targeting Chase, is that because they have a confidence in the rest of the offensive line class and the rest of the draft? Yeah, well, there is still definite interest in Panay Sewell. The Bengals sent three members of their organization to Oregon's Pro Day. Zach Taylor was down there. The offensive line coach, Frank Pollock, and Duke Tobin was down there as well. So that shows me, shows all the NFL world that they still have a very much interested in the Oregon offensive tackle. And I would not be shocked if they changed their mind and, and drafted him. And I'm not saying their mind is made up at all either. You're still um, the draft is two weeks from today. So there's still enough time for the Bengals to, you know, make up their mind. And I firmly believe that Sewell is very high in their draft board. He might be one a, as opposed to Jamar Chase being one. And there is still enough time for them to maybe say, you know what, maybe we should address the offensive line. And uh, part of the reason I say that as well is because how the Bengals played free agency and they added a player like Riley Reef from uh, the Minnesota Vikings in free agency. They uh, re-signed Quentin Spain to go at guard. And they really didn't do anything to the wide receiver position mm-hmm. when they lost A.J. Green. They let A.J. Green walk, and there's an obvious hole there. Now, is that a bigger hole than offensive line? I would say no. Uh, even though that, you know, it's a starting wide receiver position, I firmly believe Auden Tate is a player that can get you maybe 40 receptions a year if he's starting at receiver. Now, offensive line wise, when you look at the Bengals offensive line as it is today, even with the addition of Riley Reef. And then you have Trey Hopkins healthy and you have Jonah Williams healthy and uh, outside Xavier Suofilo and Quentin Spain. I don't think that's a great offensive line by any means. I think it's average. But when you look at all the other teams in the AFC North, I still believe they have better offensive lines with the exception of the Pittsburgh Steelers because they lost a lot of their offensive linemen in free agency and retirement with Pouncey. Um, But the Bengals have said all offseason and after Joe Burrow got injured that protecting him was a priority. So if protecting him is a priority, why don't you prove that in the NFL draft and getting the number one offense alignment available? And for the foreseeable future, you'll have Jonah Williams on one side and Panay Sue on the other side. And then you're really good. You're, you have stabilized the two tackle positions. That's how I will go. And not only Joe Burrow, that also helps your running game. And you can make a strong argument that your best player in offense is Joe Mixon. So that not only helps the passing game in Joe Burrow and protecting him, but also helps your Pro Bowl caliber running back in Joe well, but, That's but, what I but, but, but Tyler, there is a pick that would also, you know, help on on uh, help the, the running game and help the blocking game, but also be also help the passing game, especially the short kind of quick passes that that our team is becoming known for with Joe Burrow. And that is uh, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts was the only player in college football with over 65 targets and zero drops last season. This is a this is a, a an option that I'm not seeing spoken enough about. Uh, I agree. Sewell is, is great. Yeah. 
uh, but but one thing we've been saying on the show is you draft not according to the position you need, but according to the talent you can get. That's that's one of the theories that's been floated around a lot by the show. I believe it was the it's called the John Sheeran theory, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's true. It's the, yeah, it's the best John Sheeran player available. Is the is yep. what the term is called? Yeah, but so yeah. Well, Tyler, you talk a lot about if you were the GM. So can I ask you something about? Well, the Bengals don't have a GM, <laughs> so that is a big reason why a lot of times you're like, this doesn't make sense. It's as if you know maybe a child could have made a better decision. It's like oh, a child you know is is still a human being, and the Bengals don't even have a human being as the GM, so that's a big problem. But let me ask you this, basically. Is it possible? You know, we know there's some movements, some change with Elizabeth Blackburn and let's say Katie and, you know, Troy getting more involved. But is it possible that they could get the GM in the foreseeable future? That's the first question. The second one, is it possible that Duke Tobin will be on the hot seat at any point if they don't hit on some draft picks pretty soon? To answer your questions, no and no. <laughs> I don't foresee the Bengals uh, hiring an official GM anytime soon. Duke Tobin is the de facto GM, as well as Mike Brown, Katie Blackburn. They all operate together, as well as uh, Zach Taylor. They make the decisions organizationally, so I don't see them hiring a GM. And Duke Tobin... He's been there for a while now. I don't believe he's on the hot seat. And the Bengals had a good draft last year. They drafted Joe Burrow and T. Higgins. Those are two franchise cornerstone pieces that they can build around. So Duke Tobin, if you're you know, going to cast blame on him, you also have to give him credit for having a pretty good draft last year. Not to mention Logan Wilson, who looks like a you know, pretty good linebacker. And the Bengals are going to start him in the middle this year. So it's going to be interesting to see how he performs in year two. So the Bengals, they had a good draft last year. I don't see Duke Tobin as being on the hot seat at any time soon. You'll have to forgive Daddio for constantly pushing that. He's been asking basically every guest from the Bengals about Duke Tobin. But I want to talk about the the idea of, of acquiring a couple of franchise cornerstones because now the Bengals are still drafting at the top of each round again this year. So they're in a similar position like last year. Say they go chase at the top of the draft. They must be pretty confident that they can get an offensive lineman early in round two or three. Are there any names that you have heard are being linked and associated with the Bengals or even in your preference, any offensive lineman that you think Bengals fans should be looking out for in the second or third round of the draft? Well, on my mock draft, shameless plug on Cincinnati.com, I have the Bengals selecting Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama in the second round. And the Bengals believe they even have said it. Duke Tobin uh, said it last week that they can draft a starting caliber offense alignment, either at tackle or at guard in day two of the draft. So that's the second or third round. Do I believe them? Uh, I'm still hesitant to say that they can get a starting caliber offense alignment. But scouts believe and people around the NFL um, are confident that this year's draft is very strong on the offensive line. So with that being said, the Bengals do have a decent shot at upgrading their offensive line in the second and third round if they uh, choose to draft uh, Jamar Chase at number five overall on day one. Okay, so yeah. So so what else are they thinking about, Tyler? Like what other – what do they see as their positions of need? For instance, like our linebackers – are very young and very unproven. 
is yeah. that still but are they going to you know like you said they're at the beginning of a rebuild are they going to be like hey let's give it some time or you know are they going to just try to fix every hole this this uh, <laughs> or like the, like let's say pass rusher right i uh -huh. mean they add Trey Hendrickson but they still don't have a strong pass rush mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. so what what else do they need and we know the What's offensive the rush, line probably really? second round why, why do they need to rush well offensive line defensive line wide receiver and linebacker those are the biggest needs the Bengals have in my opinion and when I talked to Zach Taylor on the Bengals B podcast, he said upgrading up front on both sides of the ball are, is a priority uh, for the team. Have they upgraded up front on both sides of the ball to this point? No. Uh, that's debatable. Trey Hendrickson, I, I think that he is a, a good pass rusher. But last year and was his only pretty good year, and he wasn't the best pass rusher in that team. Cam Jordan was, and most when NFL teams are game were game planning for the New Orleans Saints, a lot of times they were game planning, putting most of their focus on Cam Jordan and Trey Hendrickson. He got a lot of sacks, but he wasn't seeing a lot of double teams when I watched tape on him. As far as all the other positions, is Riley Reef the answer at right tackle? Uh, he was a pretty good player in Minnesota. Um, he's an upgrade over Bobby Hart. I know Bengals fans do not like Bobby Hart, <laughs> but is he a long-term answer? Mm, probably not. The Bengals only signed him to a one-year deal. So upgrading up front, offensive line and defensive line, those are two of the biggest areas in need. Filling the wide receiver spot vacated by A.J. Green, that's obvious, uh, obvious hole. And linebackers, not a lot of people are talking about the Bengals lost Josh Bynes last year. I mean, this year in a free agency, and he was their best linebacker. I, I firmly believe they should resign him. I believe he's still a free agent, if I'm not my memory is uh, correct. And they're giving the keys to Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt. Is that a linebacker core that you know you're comfortable with? I think the Bengals should address linebacker as well so those are the biggest uh positions of need in my opinion a lot of people talk about okay well you got to replace Giovanni and Bernard as well I don't really think that's high enough priority list just because the Bengals expect to have Joe Mixon heavily involved and then you got Samaj P. Ryan who was a capable runner and pass catcher in the backfield as well so those are my biggest areas of need but the teams know not to listen to me too much you know, I just want to point out, by the way, speaking of stars, Tyler, that it seems, according to the comments, that Hakeem Olajuwon is watching our show right now and making comments. I don't know if you saw that, did you? Nah, I don't think that's the real yeah. Hakeem. <laughs> well, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, put it past him. Obviously, he's retired. He has a lot of free time. And this Hakeem is Olajuwon, the, the, one of the best centers of all time. Oh, yeah. So underrated. Yeah. So underrated. Yeah. Hakeem, mwah. thank you for yeah. watching. <laughs> Okay, well, John, any final questions for Tyler? I, I was going to pass it to Hoji, actually. I, I feel like he has I do. I have a question. Show. I have a question. Because we keep talking about, I'm with you on maybe not needing Gio, but there's one thing that Gio brought to the table. And this is what I'm wondering. You had mentioned that, he, you know, about Mixon being able to replace, but Gio had a certain knack for catching, for being a running back who can also uh, make pretty decent catches. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is where he fit in very nicely in this offense. I feel like sometimes when we talk about receivers, when we watch Joe Burrow's game, he's a great quarterback. 
But he does so much better mid-range, shorter passes than he does with the longer passes. So wouldn't it make more sense? Focus on the tight end, focus on the running back, people who can catch up close, as opposed to getting these wide receivers going far away. And, and that's not where Joe Burrow shines. Well, the wide receivers don't necessarily have to go far away. <laughs> it depends on the route concepts. And Joe Burrow did just fine with Jamar Chase at LSU. And True. Tyler Boyd, he isn't running a lot of go routes and a lot of uh, skinny posts up the field. Tyler Boyd is an immediate range receiver. Now T Higgins, he's pretty much a possession receiver as well. So these guys aren't really deep threats. The Bengals let go of their deep threat, let them walk and John Ross and Joe Burrow doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. I don't think I'm breaking any news here. So he's not going to throw down the field often. Um, so to answer your question, should the Bengals consider drafting a tight end, you know, like a Kyle Piss or addressing Giovanni Bernard's departure? I do think they are. They just uh, signed Moss from uh, the Washington uh, football team. I almost said the other word. I got to remember not to say that. But they just signed Moss from the Washington football team. And they believe that he still has a lot of untapped potential he was on injured reserve last year, and we saw Joe Burrow and Moss's uh, chemistry at LSU. So maybe it, you know they can light that fire again. CJ Uzama's coming back from an Achilles injury. Right, great Bruce day. Campbell, I just talked to him. That story's up on Cincinnati.com. Same shame. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he's uh, motivated to have a, a good season, and he did have yeah. an uh, upgraded sophomore season, so you expect him to develop more and get more comfortable in the offense. So, you know, the Bengals, they're relying on some of their younger players to develop. And, you know, Travion Williams, that's a running back who the Bengals drafted as well. He can catch passes out of the backfield. So the Bengals, they're looking to see if some of their younger players can develop. But they're also going to address some of those positions in the draft, like I said, receiver. And maybe uh, they could still draft a running back in the later rounds as well as a linebacker. In my mock draft, I do have the Bengals uh, selecting a linebacker in the seventh round. So we shall see. Yeah. And, and, and Tyler, for some of those, sorry, quick question. For some of those of our viewers who don't watch football as closely as you and I and John do, where did John Ross go? Because some of our viewers are not going to know. They, this is going to be news to them. That John, what happened uh, to him? He went to the, uh, I, at first I thought you were talking about where did he go to college because I'm a Pac-12 <laughs> guy too. But he went to the New York Giants. New to the New York Giants. Just to everybody who didn't know that. University. Everybody who didn't hear that. He went to New York. Yeah. Yes. And then he's from Washington University, born and raised in uh, Southern California, my neck of the woods. So John Long Ross, Beach. that's a good guy. Yep. <laughs> Can't beat Malibu. Yeah. That you. Okay. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, guys. So, like you heard from Tyler, you can follow his stuff on Cincinnati.com. And you can also follow him on Twitter at Tyler the Dragon is, is his handle. Not quite. And so, oh, yeah. The Tyler Dragon. There are many oh, dragons. He is Tyler one of Dragon. them. Yeah. The <laughs> Tyler Dragon. Okay. Okay. Great. No, it's just, ty- wait a minute. Let's get it right because we as a professional the sports show. Tyler Dragon. The That's Dragon. what I said. Okay. That is what I said. I don't, right. I don't, okay. That's what okay. I said. Tyler the Dragon. And nope. you can nope. please. Stop. Stop. What? Okay. Reverse. Look, look. Reverse. The Tyler Dragon. You. The, it, where you put the the matters a lot here. 
Okay. <laughs> like I am Dr. Again. Moji, the, the electric Smoji. I think that's why you're messing up. Yeah. My V comes before electric. His V comes okay. before his first name, Tyler. There okay. You there you go. So guys, I know a lot of you are disappointed. You're like, where is the Brinks? Bring me, give me the Brinks. Right? Yeah, Living on the, the Brinks. Brinks. Well, what happened kept... is, yeah. So we are going to have like a, a sports center type of show with the Brinks. They are going to produce our show. It's going to be very fun. But they weren't ready for us yet. They said it's a big responsibility. They're very nervous. Well, they're how many number nervous. one shows are there? Really? That's There's true. only one number yeah. one, yeah? A lot of pressure. And But they're working it out. They're working on it. So hopefully okay. next time you will see us being produced by Brinks. They're going to give us their skin, whatever that means. We're going to have a skin of Brinks. Yeah. And I know Hoji's against that, the whole fur and the skin and, oh, everybody just should keep their own skin. It's uncomfortable. Skin. Yeah. Well, I mean, but if yeah, you wear so fur, I mean, basically wearing fur, people knew it was inhumane like 70 years ago. You're kind of behind the times in being yeah. humane. Well, I think when people can't afford fur, they make up all sorts of excuses why they don't have fur. But whatever, we can, we don't have to talk about that. So that is all we have. I'm just kind of freaked show. out now because Hakeem yeah. Olajuwon says John Sheeran might not be the real John Sheeran. And I am yeah. so confused because Wait, Hakeem Olajuwon still... Yeah. Uh, I've been exposed. Yeah. Okay. So John left. So I that, knew it, look, Hakeem. Yeah. Hakeem called him out. Okay. Look, subscribe to the show. Yeah. Okay. And both the podcast, we're the number one Bengals podcast. You can find us on uh, Stitcher and uh, uh, Spotify and all the other stuff. Spotify spot. Yeah, that is all we have. We'll see you next time. So long. We have to find the real John Sheeran. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.